1: Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Last Action Podcast. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, I'm your host, LPJ, and joining me is the only face that I would make into a mask and wear. <laughs>
2: Hovercraft Joe. Uh, thanks, I sure. guess. That's a, that's a weird compliment. But. I'm, not sh-
1: I'm not sure it's a compliment, but it's not an insult. Well, I guess, if, I guess it depends
2: on if you're using a machine to make that mask or you're going to literally cut my face off and wear it as a mask. Like,
1: Oh, that's a good uh, question. The other question is, what would I do with it? Like, would I do benevolent things or would I just like go around screwing up your life?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, let's hope we never had to find out. <laughs> Maybe.
1: Maybe. Um, this podcast does have to end at some point.
2: <laughs> okay, well it doesn't have to end so so morbidly. Uh but uh we are uh talking today about mission colon impossible ghost protocol. Why did you I, say the colon? <laughs> I don't know, because I always I always get a kick out of the back. I always forget that it's mission impossible and then that so but mission impossible ghost protocol. <laughs> which, I guess, technically is a sequel in the year of the sequels, so, I mean, it counts. Well, it's
1: definitely we, a sequel. It's a direct we, sequel.
2: We haven't done the first three parts of the series, no. but...
1: Well, you know, and we should talk about that. That's what's kind of weird about the, the Mission Impossible movies is, like, you have the first one, right, which came mm-hmm. out in 95-ish, I think?
2: Yeah, sometime in the Yeah, mid-90s for sure.
1: Then you have the John Woo one, which was basically like a separate movie. You know, granted, you know, they had Ethan Hunt carry over Tom Cruise, Mm -hmm. but essentially a separate movie. Then they had the third one, which was also a separate movie. um, But that was the first one directed by that was directed by J.J. Abrams. And while it didn't do well, it did well enough to where they kind of saw the potential in what it could be. And Mm -hmm. then they come out with the fourth one and the fourth one, fifth one and sixth one are all literally direct sequels of each other.
2: Right. Well, so, it wasn't um, – did I did I read right that originally uh, Abrams was supposed to direct this one?
1: Yeah, he was going to direct it and then um, he didn't. He ended up doing something else. Oh, I think super it was eight, Super 8. Super,
2: super 8, yeah. I, what it seemed like was that he was supposed to direct this, but then this movie got delayed, like the actual filming of it or it got pushed back or something. And then it conflicted with his schedule of doing Super 8. So.
1: Right, right, right. That's right. Yeah, and so then, um, you know, Brad Bird takes over, who was seemed to be an odd choice to me at the time because yeah. he had only done, you know, Pixar movies.
2: Right. Well, and I guess, you know what, I, I was... We're, we're kind of all over the place on this one, but it's fine. I was kind of surprised, too, because I forgot that he literally only did this one, and then what's yeah. his name? Is it Christopher McQuarrie?
1: Yeah, Christopher McQuarrie did the rest.
2: Yeah, he takes uh, he takes over and does five and six. And I think he's doing seven and eight as well. Yeah. Um, He writes them too. But I guess I, yeah, I did see that. They said that basically he did some, like, I don't know if they're uncredited, but some rewrites on the script, like kind of like to change the ending around a little bit and a few things that,
1: Oh, on this uh, one. Yes. Yeah. What he did was, so I guess the plot was more complicated and unnecessarily. So, so he just basically, he simplified it a bit but didn't really take anything out. He just kind of rearranged things and um, streamlined it so that it just, like, it, the 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 parts were the same. It just fit together better the way he kind of arranged it around.
2: Right. Well, before we get too far into this, let's yes. uh, let's kind of bring it back to the start um, and just kind of talk about like our you know experiences or our first kind of thoughts on this this movie. I don't know if you want to go first. Did we talk about when it came out? No, but usually I mention that after <laughs> the specific date. The release date is December 15th, 2011.
1: Right. Um, I, we went and saw this in the theater, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah, see, I, you know, and, and you might be right. I was having a hard time remembering my
2: first kind of viewing of this, to be honest with you. I, I honestly couldn't place... I mean, it would make sense that we saw it in the theaters, but I I couldn't place like a specific like, oh, yeah, this is the first time I saw it, to be honest. With
1: you. Yeah, no, we, I, we definitely saw this in the theater because I remember when we went and saw the next one, I was like, oh, man, I don't really remember a lot of Ghost Protocol. I hope uh, there's not a lot of direct like tie in, um, right. which there is some, but not, a, not there, as much. There I is think. some, not as much as
2: between Rogue Nation and Fallout, though.
1: No, Rogue Nation and Fallout are very direct. Um, but yeah, so we saw this in the theater and I think it was kind of one of those things where I hadn't seen the third one. You had seen the third one and you liked it and yeah. David seen the third one and he liked it a lot. And so I thought, all right, well, we're going to go see this movie. We might as you know, I'm sure yeah. it'll be pretty good. And then it ended up being very good. Like it, it's, yeah. it, it's great.
2: Yeah. And I, and I think that's kind of the thing, um, well, I, I think we should first mention that this is it's kind of funny because I think this is a movie that, like, when I originally started being a, a regular co-host on the podcast, like, this is one of the movies that I wanted to do. I feel like we've talked about doing this movie for a long time, and it just it fell, it fell through a couple times because we were waiting for certain guests to be on, and then it got pushed back, and then, like, we just never got around to doing it, and so finally we were like, all right, we, we got to do this movie because this is a movie I have seen so many times, and I don't... Like you said, it was probably in the theaters, but this is a movie that was on, like, TV a lot. Like, FX or whatever it was, like, constantly. And this is one that I could just sit down and just watch parts of. Um, and, yeah, so I've seen this a million times. I really enjoy it. Um, and I think it, like, it, 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 it's really, like you said, kind of weird. I'm, I'm having trouble articulating it. But it's weird where it's, like, it, it's this giant French fran- Franchise? franchise oh boy uh but it really is kind of like almost a, a soft reboot of the franchise in, in a certain way you know it kind of like i mean Ethan Hunt obviously and you get you carry over Simon Pegg's character from the third one but i guess you also do have Bing Rames kind of hanging out in all the movies too
1: yeah it's weird i mean they do uh it's odd because you're right it is it does feel like a soft reboot but at the same time they, even throughout the other two movies, they bring back characters that were there previously, so, like Ving Rhames comes back, Simon Pegg has been in several of them um honestly in the in the new newest one that they're working on, that's uh one of the villains from um the second movie, no, the first movie is actually gonna make an appearance. um what? <laughs> yeah, they're bringing somebody back from the first movie. John Voight? Not John Voight. He's dead. Uh, <laughs> oh,
2: yeah.
1: I don't remember who it is off the top of my head, but they're bringing somebody back from from the first movie to it to actually be in the newest one.
2: Do you know if um, – because I know he was in Invala. Do you know if uh, Renner is in 7 or 8?
1: I don't know. And what's crazy is the reason why he's in these movies, why they wrote his character. Yeah, I they, saw this. They knew at some point Tom Cruise was going to bow out. He just wasn't right. going to make it anymore. And so Renner is kind of the heir apparent to this franchise. Yeah. So I would imagine at some point he's going to be brought back.
2: Yeah. I think maybe he, I, I think he was just had a lot of conflicts probably with his Marvel stuff. But probably. So yeah. Cause uh, right around
1: the time fallout was filming is when all the Avengers, all like end game and stuff were filming.
2: Yeah. So maybe that's it. Who knows? Like I said, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I know that they're, they film, they're filming mission impossible seven and eight back to back. Right. I don't even know when seven supposed to come out, but, um, but anyways, circling back. Sure. <laughs> um, so he said release date December 15, 2011. This movie had a budget of $145 million.
1: That seems like a lot for this movie only because – I let me, let me rephrase that. I'm not saying it seems like a lot like the film looks cheap. I'm saying like I'm surprised they gave this movie $145 million after the last movie didn't do as well as it did.
2: That's true. But I mean – Tom Cruise is a draw. Like I think, totally. And I and I and I wonder too. I mean, he's. I'm assuming, and I guess I didn't get into the nitty gritty. I'm assuming he's like a producer, and you know, I'm sure that yeah. some has something to do with the budget. He, you know, maybe he didn't take as much salary, or who knows? Could be. Um, but I mean, I guess it's a, a wise investment because it's domestic gross of 209 million, and a worldwide gross of 485 million. So yeah. it ends up making quite a bit of money.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have I have a total here on Wikipedia listed at 694 million.
2: Yeah. So, so That's
1: that's a ton of money. Ton of money. Uh and
2: then uh Rotten Tomatoes 93% on this. So
1: yeah, You know and that's fair. I think that's about right. And that that is. Yeah, I agree
2: too. Uh audience score 76%. A little lower actually than I thought it would be.
1: Yeah, that is I was a little surprised.
2: That surprises me. Yeah. So here's something interesting for you. This is the first movie we have ever covered in 2011.
1: Really? Yeah. As far as I can
2: tell, we have not covered any other movies in 2011.
1: Wow. I'm trying to think of what movies would have been out that we could have covered in 2011. Well,
2: here are the top three grossing movies of 2011. (laughs) You have number one, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, Number two is Transformers. Dark of the Moon, no thanks. Uh, and three is the Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part One. In this movie, Mission Impossible goes protocol came in seventh uh, in the domestic box office.
1: I wonder what else was in that list then, the top ten.
2: Yeah, I didn't write down the whole top ten. I scrolled through it all, and I'm like, I guess we have not covered a movie. Yeah, and um,
1: in I this, can't. I year. can't think of it. It, was a, it. Was a weird year for movies.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I can't really remember any of them at the top of my head. Um, but it it is weird at this point to uh, find a movie, find a year that we haven't done at least, like, one movie in. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I, I feel like I should keep a running list of the years. You probably <laughs> so, should at this point. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, real quickly, other movies in the top ten. Hangover Part 2. Okay. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Uh, here's one that we will cover, but we haven't yet. Fast Five. Yep. Um, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows, Thor.
1: Oh, Thor. I'm trying to think, like, what Marvel movie would have been? Thor
2: there? and Captain America, The First Avenger, okay. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, X-Men First Class, Green Lantern. did <laughs> we do First Class? No, we have not done First Class. We've done X and X2. Oh, that's right. So, so, I mean, there's a bunch of movies in here that, like, well, we could actually cover at some point. Um, we just haven't. So, uh, I was surprised to see that. All right. Um, okay. So, let's uh, talk about the cast, uh, which I don't – I mean, we talked about Tom Cruise, obviously. Sure. Um, we talked about Simon Pegg. Uh, we talked about – We uh, mentioned Jeremy Renner. We mentioned Jeremy Renner. Sorry, I was trying to pull up the full list. I hit it on the wrong uh, movie. Uh, so we, Jeremy Renner, uh, Paula Patton. Yep. She's another character that doesn't come back in any of these. No, and I was surprised,
1: too, because the way she was set up at the end of this, you'd figure she would.
2: Right. And, and who knows? Maybe she will at some point. Um, maybe. Uh, Josh Holloway has a very small role in this, but I know him from Lost. Um, and he what's was, her name?
1: Oh, uh, he was the guy that was shot at the beginning.
2: Uh, yeah, he was the agent. Yeah. Uh, the like Paula Patton's like uh, boyfriend, yep. uh, and then what's her name? Who would go on to be in the Bond movies? Uh, Leah Lea Sado, yep. yeah, Sado. She plays uh, Moreau, the the like assassin who yep. kills Josh Holloway. Uh, and the only other person I really noticed, uh, well, obviously we talked about Ben Graham's having a small cameo, but um, the guy that plays like the billionaire, Anil Kapoor, I believe he's the guy from uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Like the I'm, guy that's like the game show host and Slumdog Millionaire. I believe you're hosting. correct.
1: Yeah, you you missed uh, Michael Nyquist, who is he's Hendrix, he's um you know Cobalt, yeah, he's the bad guy in John Wick. Oh, oh, okay,
2: yep. Now that I'm looking at him again, I'm like, okay, yep, that makes sense.
1: Yep, and um, who else? Uh, Tom Wilkinson is a famous character actor. He was uh oh, the secretary. He's sec- I'm a secretary. Yep. And then, you know, Ving Rhames makes an uncredited cameo and Michelle Monaghan makes an uncredited cameo. Oh,
2: that's right. I forgot about her. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Um, so. Yeah, that's that's really about it. I mean, there's obviously a bunch of other people in it that I'm sure have been in something, but I don't. I didn't know do this.
2: <laughs> all right. Let's do a couple uh, networks. All right. Yep. Um, let's start with. <laughs> I can't what? wait till
1: we get to Tom Cruise and I don't remember it. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Let's start with Paula Patton. I would say she has that sweet, sweet whatever money, but I can't think of anything else she's been in, so. Uh,
1: Hitch. She got that sweet, sweet Hitch money. Okay. Uh, Was she in Hitch, or did you just make that up? No, she didn't Hitch. All right. She got that sweet, sweet Warcraft the movie money. (laughs) (laughs) No, too much? No. Uh, I'm going to go $7 million. Close. $10 million for her. All right. Uh, next up, Simon
2: Pegg. Uh, mm. he's got that sweet, sweet Paul money.
1: Paul, wow. Uh, he's <laughs> got that sweet, sweet um, Star Wars. Uh, what was his character's name? I can't think of it. He was in the suit. Oh, Ungar Pong money.
2: <laughs> That's my ship. <laughs> he's got that. He's got that sweet sweet playing uh, Huey's dad and the boys money.
1: Yep, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, <laughs> oh, he's got wow. that he's got that sweet sweet uh, facial model for Huey in the comic books money, uh, which he didn't get paid for. I don't believe.
2: <laughs> I would have never thought they were gonna have an uncar plug <laughs> right in the show. So,
1: <laughs> well, it's a movie if, we're never gonna cover. So, if you had
2: that one on your last action podcast, bingo or congratulations, yeah, that's
1: an automatic win. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna go I'll go 25 million
2: exactly right 25 hey, million right. dollars uh, okay two more uh, two more ones that we've definitely covered before Jeremy Renner who we've probably done two to three movies with Jeremy Renner in it.
1: we have we have and I'm not even gonna say he's got that sweet sweet money just because he's got you know he's got that
2: sweet sweet tag the movie
1: money he, he's got that sweet sweet <laughs> Dahmer money because he was in the Jeffrey Dahmer movie I believe it oh, okay. was Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, oh. I'm going to go with... I'll go $30 million.
2: Stop lowballing Hawkeye, man. $80 million. Yeah, see, I
1: knew it was more than that, too. Uh,
2: and then finally, uh, Tom Cruise himself. He's got that sweet, sweet jumping on the couch when he was on Oprah that one time money.
1: Wow, okay. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet... Maverick, is that movie ever going to come out, buddy? Um,
2: (laughs) I kind of forgot about that. Well, here's the real question for you. Is it going to come out before the uh, James Bond movie?
1: (laughs) Ooh, I don't know. That's a great question. That's a good question. When is that James Bond movie going to come out?
2: I think technically it's on the books now for like October or November or something. Okay.
1: It'll probably come out.
2: I I feel like it'll come out at this point. I think that like they're starting to see that movies can actually come out in the theaters and make like – money again sure. so i i'm pretty sure it will but yeah. anyways Any
1: that's here. neither here nor there Tom uh, he's gonna he has a he has a lot too i'm gonna go 350
2: do you want to take a second guess because
1: so that's low okay 600
2: 600 million dollars okay. i knew
1: it was <laughs> it was a lot i just didn't want to i just want to go more than uh i didn't want to go more than de niro on him
2: <laughs> um and OK, so we talked about Brad Bird being the director um, and how it was very a very interesting choice. Like you said, he directed a bunch of Pixar movies. This is his first live action movie that he
1: did. Yeah. And they picked him because of The Incredibles. Like they, they said he had like a good because The Incredibles is basically almost like a film noir movie. Um, right. So it has a big mystery element to it uh, and action. And that's kind of why they picked him.
2: I know but it's, it is it's a it, 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 I mean it obviously worked but it's yeah. a wild thing to think that, that they were like this movie which we already said is not cheap like this is not like a oh whatever we'll take a flyer like this is an expensive movie to be like hey get that guy that di- essentially directed cartoons to come and do this
1: yeah that it's bananas and and you know and it, I was so you've seen you've obviously watched the Mandalorian and you've watched the uh you know the making of and all that stuff I can't think of what the name of it is now um, I know
2: what you're talking about. Yeah, I yeah. and and it.
1: you know they were they were talking to uh, Dave Filoni about going from directing cartoons to directing you know live action, and he said that directing live action is in some ways easier because when you're directing cartoons, it's not instant. Like you have to you have to pre plan every single little thing because right. they have to animate it. You have to. You 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 have to you have to have all these plans and everything worked out in advance before you go to actually make your product because you don't get you don't really get a second chance to go back and do reshoots. So right. you know maybe maybe this is the start of a trend. I, I mean, granted, it's been ten years, but <laughs> my point is my point is um, you know maybe this isn't such a long shot now as it was then. No,
2: I mean, and listen, what you're saying makes sense. I just say, I just thinking like on paper, it seems like a wild choice. Like, like you said, maybe not as much now, or even if the same thing happened to some other like animation director now, but like back then, you know, it seems kind of wild to be like, hey, let's give them the reins of this existing franchise and this $148 million Tom Cruise summer blockbuster. And
1: not only an existing franchise, an existing franchise that had downslided that yeah. they were trying to build back up.
2: Right. It, it's wild, but I mean, I, I guess whatever they, whatever kind of idea or uh, inkling they had about it would paid off. So they must've known something about how he's going to be able to do it. But, yeah. um, yeah. um, writers on this, I have Josh Applebaum and Andre Nemec. I didn't, I looked, I didn't really see anything spectacular
1: yeah. uh, or anything
2: else that stood out to me for I them. think they
1: primarily did a lot of like TV writing. Okay.
2: Um, well, they wrote the hell out of this movie. Yeah, uh, and then the music. I have Michael Giacconi, B- Giacconi, Giacconi. Um, and it looked like he has done a lot of mu- music for Pixar hey, and sorry, like Marvel- no, uh, Giacchino, Giacchino. So, and it looked like he had done a lot of Pixar and like Marvel movie music yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, I think he did the uh, um, Homecoming music. I ran Homecoming. So, might have. Yeah. So. Um, so, uh, taglines. I only got one tagline for you, the only one I could find, and all it is is no plan, no backup, no choice.
1: See, and you know, I don't mind that. That's pretty good. No, it's not bad. Especially that's within not- the context of this film, because that's really, it sums up the whole film.
2: Yes. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's funny cause I was looking, uh, and I, and I had this question while I was watching the movie and just kind of looking at the random stuff before we get, get into the plot. I was like, when they, when they, when they have that car, when they're in Mumbai, uh, in India, I was like, is that a real car? Apparently it is a real car.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a BMW concept car, um, that they use to kind of base their, uh, hybrids and their electric vehicles on it.
2: But it probably doesn't have that like screen like on it, does it? Or does like where, where they're you know, driving? I they
1: don't know. I would assume they probably added some stuff.
2: Okay, I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, don't, I was like, that's crazy if that car could like have a, a map and stuff on the screen like that. Yeah, um, I, I, think,
1: I think the heads up display was a little exaggerated.
2: <laughs> um, did you have uh, anything else, uh, fact wise, or anything you wanted to talk about before we kind of go through it?
1: Uh, no, I mean, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, obviously, Tom Cruise does a lot of his own stunts. Uh, he did so in this, and it actually inspired. Paula Patton and um, and uh, Jeremy Renner to kind of do their own stunts, like they saw, like what a how it was with him, and they're like, "Well, if he's going to do it, we're going to do it."
2: It's 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 crazy to me though that he was literally like climbing on that building, like yeah,
1: and was just held on by lots of cables. That
2: is that is wild to Mm -hmm. me because I mean, like I get doing some stunts, but like that's like the world's tallest building, and like. Tom Cruise is out there like doing that stuff. Like, that
1: is. And it's brand new. Like, that building hadn't even opened yet. It was, they were still doing their soft launch. Like, it wouldn't, that building wasn't scheduled to actually open fully to the public for another couple weeks. So, you have no idea. Like, the building's still at that point unproven.
2: Yeah. And I guess, like, I mean, like, say what you want about Tom Cruise. I mean, yeah, maybe, like, he's, you know, there's, is personally whatever, but like, that's, like, but, like, to do that, I don't care if there's wires or whatever. Like, that's still, like...
1: Yeah. You know, and here's my take on Tom I'll give you my take on Tom Cruise. This might be a longer episode now. Uh-oh. So, here's my take on Tom Cruise. Uh-oh. No, it's it's good. Like, he might be the most, watchable, the most watchable actor for me. Like, I can't really think of movies that he's in where he's bad in them. But even the ones that are super over the top, like Tropic Thunder... Yeah, he's still really good in it. So I I, uh, there's really not. Despite his personal life, which may or may not be getting rectified at this point, he may or may not be part of like Scientology anymore. They don't really know. Uh, But uh, but as far as like an actor goes, I find him infinitely enjoyable to watch. And he, and he, I mean, like, other than,
2: like, obviously the Scientologist and whatever, he does legitimately seem like kind of a nice guy, too. Like, everyone that yeah. works with him is just like, yeah, he's great. Like,
1: yeah, he seems like a, a, a nice dude.
2: So, um, yeah, but it's crazy that he does those stunts when there's, like, basically no reason that he should be or has to be doing them. Just that he probably,
1: yeah, just that he just, he just is
2: like, yeah, I want to do it now.
1: Yep, exactly. You know? Um, okay. So let's, let's run through
2: this. Uh, and then I'm sure some other stuff will come up as we, uh, as we get to it. Uh, so the, the opening scene is like where we, where we get Sawyer, uh, Josh Holloway. And it's kind of like an action sequence. Um, I do like, uh, that it opens with him using that cool thing where it's like, it's some kind of gadget he throws out and it like inflates into that, like, uh,
1: Oh, that like- lady bag. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. It's, uh,
2: So, yeah, like it's like a big airbag that he lands into. Uh, Pretty cool. Uh, But then he kind of uh, immediately gets killed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was not expecting that.
2: Yeah, he just kind of gets he gets murked by uh, what's her name? Um,
1: Yeah,
2: the lady from uh, the James Bond movies. He he,
1: he does. He kind of looks like uh, like Tom Cruise light you know what i mean yeah maybe a little bit yeah
2: <laughs> um so then the next scene is uh we we were introduced reintroduced to ethan hunt he's chilling in a in a prison in moscow just like in the room throwing that rock around catching it having a good time um and then like uh so benji and paula Patton are there i can't remember her character's name uh carter, carter. agent carter um, and, and they're like, uh, they're, they're there to get him out. I like, uh, that whole sequence where like Benji's like opening all the cells and they're yeah. like playing, playing like the Dean Martin and stuff. And like, I really like the little bit where like, he's like in the camera trying to get him to open the doors. <laughs> that and part's he, great. He's like going the wrong way. And he's like, no, I know what this means. I'm not going to do it. So he finally like opens it. Cause he's going, he goes and he gets this other guy like out of, uh, one of the cells and takes him with him. And we're not quite sure. Who this guy is at this point, but he's like, oh, I mean, I, he goes back to get this other Russian guy, right?
1: Yeah. 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 And they don't, you know, it's, they don't explain, which is, they explain later on, but just yeah. like, all right, well, why is he not just leaving? And they don't, uh, they, and they don't explain why, right away, why he's even in prison.
2: Right. And you get to see him beat up a bunch of guys too. And, oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool too. Um, so then you get the opening, which I really like because it's like uh, it's like the opening of like the TV show Mission Impossible, where it's like, and I like that they show like the scenes from like the entire movie, like yeah. even the stuff that like the stuff that doesn't hasn't happened yet, like throughout the whole movie they cut in kind of like flashes and stuff. They do the that through all running. of
1: them, don't they? Do that in the next two movies too?
2: I guess they, I think they do. Yeah, I can't remember if it's something they do in the first three, but I think they continue it in like. Uh, Five and six. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it has the, you know, it has the mission of the whole kind of like conceit of the opening is a fuse is lit. And then you see the fuse burn throughout, you know, the credits and the scene. And this is the only movie in the entire series where it's not just a screen transition. They do it. It's actually worked into the plot. Like she literally lit the fuse to blow up the.
2: (laughs) Right. But I was also like, why would they use such a long fuse? Like, why would they use a fuse? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's, that's true too. Yeah. Um, so then we kind of, we kind of get more explanation of that opening scene with Sawyer that we saw, uh, they were trying to intercept, uh, launch codes, nuclear launch codes that were like, uh, Russian nuclear launch codes that were going to be like, they were stolen and they were trying to get them back. Uh, he's got that cool, uh, contact lens that he puts in. Yeah, They can like identify like all the people and stuff. Um, I like that. So they do get the file, but then we cut back to the thing where we saw where he gets killed by the assassin. Um, And and they think that uh, the guy trying to get these codes is uh, a codenamed Cobalt. Yeah, they
1: have uh, the camera picks up who his assassin was and identifies it and sends it to his phone. And um, and so based on her known alien, known accomplices, they kind of figure out who it's for.
2: Right. And so then their next thing is, like, they get the mission where they have to break into the Kremlin. Uh, is it to get information on Cobalt? I can't remember exactly why they got to break into the, uh, the Kremlin. I don't. I, they're uh, trying to get something out of the Kremlin. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, though. So.
1: They are trying to. Why are they breaking into the Kremlin now? It's so it's so secondary. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really oh, play into yes. it. Yes. <clears throat> they're trying to get information about Cobalt. Because they know that he's somehow connected to something going on there. They just don't know what it is.
2: Right. Uh, and I have a note that says, man, it's a good thing that that, uh, that Ethan looks so much like that Russian general <laughs> that he impersonates. Yeah. That worked <laughs>
1: out. That worked out perfectly.
2: Uh, it's also a good thing that they both apparently speak like fluent Russian, too, as well. Well,
1: you know, and that's plausible. You would think that they would have to.
2: That's that's true. Um, so they, they go down, they go to get into the file room. How would you describe this gadget thing that they use? Like, I love it so much, but I feel like maybe you'll do a better job explaining what it is. Me.
1: Yeah, so it is a giant screen projector, right? So giant screen that you'd have just to project, you know, a movie on. And it's got a camera that's pointed behind it so that it's taking a picture of what's behind them and projecting it on the screen in front of them. So it looks like... You're, you're not so so they can hide behind the screen and it just looks like the rest of the hallway but they can't move it while somebody's staring at it because um, they'll see the they'll see it move, but if it's yeah. stationary, the camera kind of tracks where the guy's eye level is so that mm-hmm. it moves the picture accordingly. It's really cool like it's, and, really cool.
2: <laughs> it's really I wonder if something like that could exist in real life do you think I mean is that something know. you could do
1: I, I, I'm not entirely sure how that would work.
2: Uh, and I like the little bit where, uh, like Benji gets in front of the camera, too. close to the camera, so it's like it's showing his face yep. on the screen, real quick. Yep. That's a, that's pretty funny. Um, so they get into the a file room, and he goes to get these cobalt files, but they're gone. They're 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 not there. And then there's a dude like piggybacking on like their cha- channel, like they're communicating with, and he's like keeps saying like, "Oh, like team leader," and ready for detonation and all this stuff so they like bolt out of there and after he gets out of the Kremlin there's like a huge explosion like a big chunk of the Kremlin blows up
1: yep and so they're framed for blowing up the Kremlin
2: right he wakes up in the hospital he's handcuffed they're like asking him questions but he uh he ends up breaking out he does that cool thing where he zip lines i do like that little bit where he's out on the ledge and he want he's uh-huh. like it's like and he's like looking down, like the jump of the dumpster, <laughs> and he doesn't really want to do it, and the cop's kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah, like I, joking I around jump. with him. Um, but then he ends up like taking his belt off and zip lining down, so that's pretty good. Um, so the the secretary, Tom Wilkinson, as we talked about, uh, picks him up, uh, and that's where we're introduced to Jeremy Renner as Brandt. Um, he kind of explains what, what we mentioned already, that they're getting blamed for the, the Kremlin blowing up and that uh, the president's invoked Ghost Protocol, uh the name of the movie which basically means uh all of IMF has been disavowed. Which by the way, I love these movies but I do kind of hate the fact that and I know it goes back to the TV show but I hate that IMF is impossible mission force. Yeah. Like I feel like the government would never name something impossible mission. No, force. Y- y-
1: I don't think they would.
2: Yeah. But anyway, so like so the whole um the whole uh, IMF is disavowed, and then like kind of like the one of the shocking parts of the movie is they're driving, and then the Tom Wilkinson just gets killed; he gets shot in the head. Yeah, like the the car, their car gets under under fire, and he gets killed. Now, okay, so this is where I have a I would question maybe, and I and I hadn't really ever thought of this question until this viewing. So the car, like the driver, gets shot, and they fly into the water, and then the guys are there, and they're like shooting them, and they end up escaping, but. Those guys were like Russian police that that were shooting at him because the guy that like is kind of hunting Tom Cruise the guy who was talking in the hospital shows up and tells him all to stop shooting right so yes. like did they were they the ones like because I so they just kind of accidentally killed the secretary or was that something different that he got was it you know what I'm saying like
1: I don't know that's a really good question I because they don't because it wouldn't make sense for the they, they like, the police wouldn't know necessarily what that car is.
2: Right. But how would, like, Cobalt in, or Hendrix know? So, I don't know. Like, I never really thought about that until, like, just now. I'm like, what is that? why does he
1: get shot? Who kills him? Yeah, I don't know. They really don't explain that. Like, he just kind of gets Like, is shot. it just, like,
2: accidentally that they, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, it's not important. He just gets killed.
1: Yeah, hold, um, oh, I'm, I'm reading here. Hold on. Okay. Uh... Yeah, it's it's the police. They catch up the hunt. So apparently they were they had been following him.
2: Oh, okay. and so saw him second, get into the car. So they just open fire on the car and accidentally killed the secretary. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Um, so they escape. Um, they go to like uh, the their backup like uh, safe house, which is like a train car. I kind of like that little bit where they're trying to get in the train car. Yeah. And they're like running up to it. And they put in the code. And then it's like as a retinal scan. And he's trying to like Jumping scan. Like, yeah. It's just it's just a little bit kind of funny. So they go in and they get some more information about uh, Cobalt is really Hendrix, and his deal is that he was uh, he, he was he was someone that worked for I can't remember who, but basically to like uh, figure out like doomsday scenarios, right? Yeah, he's like, a
1: Swedish-born Russian nuclear strategist.
2: Okay, and, and he wants and, to that,
1: start a nuclear war between the U.S. and Russia because he wants. Basically, he just wants a clean slate. He wants to wipe out... Right. He thinks that it's, like,
2: necessary to wipe out some people to start over or something like right. that. Um, and, and so uh, they find out that they need to go to Dubai and try and stop this guy, Wistrom, from getting the uh, codes, uh, the nuclear launch codes, right? Yeah.
1: Wistrom is kind of, is Cobalt's is kind of right-hand man. And so, mm-hmm. so Cobalt is going to go get the device, which he got, and he's going to send Wistram to go get the codes from, uh, Leah Sadoop.
2: Right. Uh, and, and so they go to Dubai, they go to the, the, the hotel. I, I love this whole bit. This might be my favorite kind of extended sequence in the movie. This whole scene when they find out that, cause they need to control the elevators, but they find out that like uh, Benji can't, he, they had to be tapped in like hardline to the servers, right? Because uh, he can't crack the code without like IMF backup, and the only way to get to him is for him to climb on the outside of the building, which is like, oh, it's so cool. He gives him those gloves which are, like, climbing gloves that, like, sticks to the wall. And yeah, he's he listening. just so like,
1: happens to have them.
2: Just happens to grab them out of the train thing. Uh, but it's, like, what is it? Like, blue your glue, red your tent. Because yep. <laughs> they're, like – and it's so – and then he's, like, climbing. And I kind of, like – it's, like, a running thing throughout the movie where, like, all the equipment kind of doesn't work right. Like, everything kind of, like, messes up at a certain point or not in this movie, you know? Like, yeah,
1: it kind of works and then
2: doesn't work. Because he's climbing up and then the one glove <laughs> – stops working and he has to like climb with one hand and I do like how it falls. And then he sees it again. And it's like stuck to Just the stuck building to the glass. Yep. And then, so, okay. So then he gets to where the server room is. And how does this, how does this go again? Cause he's like, he, he's trying to cut through and then the, doesn't the glove cut out again or something. Cause he falls right. And he has to catch himself again.
1: Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the, uh, you know, he, he starts to drop the, uh, thing. Doesn't he? God, I can't even remember now.
2: Yeah, but anyway, so he gets in the server room, uh, and then he has to get back down. I, I love when he has to get back down. Uh <laughs> and he like ties like the uh kind of like a kind of like a diehard, right? It's like yeah, a ties uh like fire the, the to him. And he like runs down the side of the building and he gets there, and I love it, and he's like looking in the window. I love when Jerry's like, Your line's not long enough, and he's like, No shit. That <laughs> 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 legitimately makes me laugh, but um I also will say that speaking of, like, it's a good thing they happen to have, it's it's a good thing they happen to bring those things that can magically change the room numbers on the hotel. Oh, yeah, (laughs) totally. They just happen to have that. Um, uh, And and, uh, this movie is full of cool gadgets because they give, Jeremy Renner is going to, like, impersonate, uh, like, he's going to, like, look over the codes, but they give him this thing where it's, like, a contact lens where you, like, take pictures of all the codes. Yes. And it will print them out. Into a briefcase, so like it's really cool um but like they kind of get a wrinkle because Wistrom shows up, but he has with him basically a uh nuclear or Russian scientist that knows the codes to uh, verify the codes right, so they can't so they can't give them the fake codes because he'll know
1: and I have a question about this okay. if they have somebody who can verify the codes, why do they need the codes. <laughs> I never thought about
2: it that way. Yeah, if you can look at him and be like, these codes are right, couldn't he, doesn't that just imply that he knows what the codes are? You think, right? And, unless it's, and this is just me spitballing, unless it's something where it has to do with like, well, maybe he doesn't know the exact codes, but he knows like how they're supposed to look pattern-wise or uh, I I don't know. I don't
1: maybe, know. That you're right. Maybe there's a format to them.
2: Yeah, where it's like, okay, these are, I, I don't know. That's a good question though. <laughs> Uh, and of course, the the mask making machine breaks, so they have to improvise there too. <laughs> um, poor Benji, he wanted to wear a mask, and he doesn't get to. Yeah, um, this is the
1: only movie they don't wear a mask in. Oh, there the you go. Wears a mask. Also,
2: why is one of the weird things about the uh, assassin ladies that she gets paid in diamonds?
1: Uh, I think it's because they're untraceable. Oh, oh, all right. There and you go. Can, you know, and, what? and you can, and they're easy to transport, so they're worth a lot. Actually, I learned this. I learned this watching uh, season two of, of uh, true detective um, that diamonds are easy to transport and they're, they're uh, untraceable. And if you're transporting large amounts of money, they're nice and small. So you don't yeah. have to, you can keep them on you and then you get people who will appraise them and guarantee their appraisal value. So you're not necessarily losing money. You know
2: what? Uh, I learned about diamonds from a movie once. Oh boy. Is that there forever? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Bring it back. Uh, yep. Okay. So, um, they, they do the exchange. They end up giving him the real code. Uh, The dude, the, the the Russian scientist guy gets shot and killed. That's pretty sad. And then I, I didn't like that she. <laughs> That's pretty sad. All right, I keep going. Said, I'm sorry. I, I didn't like that they that she randomly noticed that Jeremy Renner had that contact in that was like taking pictures. I'm like, come on, like. She saw it and knew enough that something was up based on the contact lens.
1: Well, you're right. That's that's a little far-fetched. But at the same time, she is also an international assassin. So right. she does have some kind of, you know, understanding of the way the world works.
2: Right. Okay, fair enough. Uh So basically all hell breaks loose at this point. Um. Uh. It's it's also where we first kind of like, because we're introduced the Jeremy Renner to Brandt as an analyst. He's like the head analyst of the secretary, and so it's like, oh, he's like a paper pusher. But we see in this scene that he like definitely can handle himself in a fight. And oh yeah. Uh. So it's kind of like, uh, what's going on there? Um. Uh. We also get like a what it what is a pretty brutal fight between Paula Patton and the Lady Assassin. Like they're really like.
1: Yeah, and what we didn't mention is Paula Patton was um, basically the girlfriend of
2: uh, Josh Josh Holloway. Holloway.
1: And so she just wants to kill Leia Sadu.
2: Yeah, so they have a brutal fight, and then she ends up kicking her out the (laughs) the window that they removed the glass of.
1: Right, not on purpose, supposedly.
2: Supposedly, but um, also, here's a question for you. How did that Russian cop find them here in Dubai?
1: I don't know. You know, for being uh, off the grid, they are easily defined. I mean, that, that guy finds them in the car, he finds them here, doesn't stop.
2: It's true um oh, oh we should mention one of the things too it's a cool shot we didn't talk about it. when he's out on the side of the building you see there's this massive sandstorm yes. like rolling into town that's a really cool shot um so tom cruise goes running up after wistrom another one of the great tom cruise just running like he no one runs like that dude nobody man.
1: runs he, like tom cruise
2: he runs so good and this is a he just chase abs dude he runs into the sandstorm luckily he's still got his goggles from when he was climbing yep. Um, so you get that great, uh, they chase of the sandstorm, which is really great. Cause he's got like a tracker on the, it's like a paperclip that's on the documents and stuff. Uh, he gets hit by a car, but he's fine. Somehow he just kind of gets, sure. um, But what we learn is that, uh, well, we learned at the end of the chase, we said to Lynn, that Wistrom in this case is actually cobalt. who's wearing a mask in disguise.
1: Yeah. And you know, and I couldn't understand that. So why, why not send Wistrom?
2: I don't really have an answer for you on that. You know, why does it? Why does it have to be cobalt? I have a better question for you. So Tom Cruise like steals a car and he's tracking him and he does all this stuff on the freeway so he can maneuver himself in the sandstorm to like cut like uh, cobalt off. And they run. He runs head on. Oh yeah. Hendrick's Scar flips up in the air and rolls a couple of times. And apparently he just gets out and runs away.
1: Oh yeah. No, he he dead. Like he should be dead. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm like, there's no way he's first of all, like if he's not dead, he's not like getting up and running away from the crash.
1: No, definitely not.
2: Um, so like, and that's when he finds like the the whole mask. Because before he just ripped off part of it.
1: Right. Right.
2: But, anyways, so then we kind of get a scene where the teens kind of all uh, arguing about the plan going uh wrong, you know, what happened and all this stuff. Um, and we find out kind of Brandt's backstory is that he was an agent. Um, and he was like given this protection duty. And, and what we learned is like he was on prote- ugh, protection duty for Ethan and Ethan's wife. And like he had like intel that there was like a hit squad coming, but he, you know, he's not supposed to tell, so he doesn't. And then like she allegedly gets killed. Uh, and he blames themselves for it. And also, it's like Tom Cruise, Ethan supposedly went after, killed the Serbians, and that's why he was in prison at the start. Yes. Of the- At least that's what we're told from this point of view. Yep. Um, Ethan goes and meets with that dude uh, that he broke out of prison. And I think that guy's boss or maybe just an acquaintance is like some Russian arms dealer. He's
1: a Russian arms dealer. This guy's name is uh, the fog.
2: Oh, okay. (laughs) So he kind of like uh, he basically convinces his arms dealer to help him because he's like, oh,
1: he's he's Bogdan's cousin. They're cousins. That's right.
2: Okay, because he's basically like, hey, the like, U.S. and Russia are, are going to be on the verge of war. And the arms dealer is like, oh, war is good. And he's like, nuclear war? And the guy's like, maybe not. <laughs> so he agrees to help uh, them. They have to go to India because uh, Hendricks needs a place where like an old Russian satellite that he can basically use the codes on to yep. send the signal to get the subs to launch the missiles, right? Um so they go to India, uh that's where they have the cool car that they're driving around in. Um they have to go to the rich dude, the slum dog millionaire guy's house for the party. Um I love the whole what? like Oh,
1: wh- I can't remember. Why do they have to Why does he Oh, he has the code to override the he has the code to override the satellite.
2: Right. He, so that so they go to cuz they got to get the the they have to like tap into the satellite but they have to get the codes. So like Paula Pan's trying to get the codes from him and like Benji and Brant, they have the side mission where he's got to like, um, they got to tap into like the computer or whatever, but the only way to access it is like this vent. So he's got to like drop down in this fan and they're going to catch him with a magnet on this like little yeah. like mobile vehicle and kind of, it's a really cool sequence. And I like how, I mean, I feel like I would be like Jerry Renner in that. Where oh, he's totally. Like, I love how he like, plays it. And he's like, and he's like, he's like you sure this is going to work? He's like, oh, yeah, it should be fine. And he's like, oh, now it should be fine or whatever. And, uh-huh. um, and it's like, uh, it, it's really cool. And then he, it does kind of catch him and stuff. And, like, it's really hot down there, I guess, because the computer stuff. Anyways, um, t- 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 where are we at? Um, oh, I also like in this fancy party, there's just, like, a dude walking around with, like, a gold-plated uh, tray of cell phones. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, and they're all that guy's cell phones. They're all uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Cell phones.
2: Yeah, I can't remember the 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 the, the richie. But it's it's funny because this whole sequence ends up being kind of for naught because Hendrix, like ends up reprogramming the satellite, so all that they were trying to do like doesn't matter. Like yeah, it really uh, doesn't. Yeah, because right, they fail so, a lot in this. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. So they end up having to. They find out that Hendrix is like accessing the satellites from like a local TV studio, so they head off there. Um, but it's, it's, it's too late again because they get the signal out to the sub and the the sub launches the, the
1: missile. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like yeah, I, I didn't Cru- see that coming. Like, I'm like, no.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we get some more Tom Cruise running cause yep. he goes running after Cause they're like, well, if we can get the case, we can probably shut it down. So he goes like running after Hendricks, uh, Paula Patton, Paula Patton goes in and uh, gets shot by Wistrom. Um, is that car like park thing is that like an actual like i mean this is a dumb question maybe but is that like a, a real thing or is that just yeah. like something they
1: invented <laughs> no they have a the movie you know you know what um what uh, car max is you ever see the car? commercials for Carmax where you buy a car you call them i mean like oh
2: yeah right or that like carvana or carvana, whatever yeah, it's like carvana. a car vent car vending machine yeah that's what it is oh okay well they have that cool flight he, he, they have a cool fight in there where they're, like, falling and the car's... Are, but here's my question for you. Hendricks is a Swedish scientist. Why is he able to get, do, like, hand-to-hand combat with Ethan Hunt, like, the greatest spy in the world?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, I don't know. That's a great question. He, like, question. literally, like,
2: breaks Ethan's, like, ankle or something or leg or something in that fight.
1: Yeah, yeah. He holds his own way more than he should. That's, that, <laughs> honestly, believe it or not, might be the most unrealistic thing in this movie. <laughs>
2: You're probably right, um, and I do like uh, it's. It's like this, I mean, this is a PG-13 movie, so it's not super brutal. But like when like Hendrix is kind of beat, and so in order to like preserve his dream, he kills himself when he jumps off that thing and like smacks his head yeah. on the car. Like that's really brutal, you know. It was, yeah, it was, it was rough to watch. And so, like Ethan's got to get down there, so he gets in that car and he just drives the car and he goes all the way down. Like, I don't think he'd survive that, but he does.
1: No, well, I, um, I, that's another weird thing. Like,
2: I, I do, I do want to say it, that part. I do want to say oh, it is very funny because they're they're trying to get the power back on at the, uh, the stadium or the stadium, the Sat- studio, stadium, yeah. so they can like access the satellite, so they can turn it, so they can send the signal to like turn off the nuke or whatever. And I do love when he gets the case and he goes to hit the button and he says, mission accomplished! And he hits the button. And nothing happens. Uh, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's legitimately funny when he says mission uh, accomplished. Um, but also, like, do they imply that, that Henry's guy is, like, alive? Because, like, they, he's not implying. Yeah. I mean, he's alive. Like, he's, he turns and he looks. Like yeah. They're like, well, he's got to be alive just in time to see himself. His plan's done. Yeah.
1: Yep, Not just through. to rub it in. He can't just be dead. He's got to, yeah. like, have, have, his, have, his, have his face rubbed in it a little bit.
2: Yeah. So then the Russian cop shows up because the arms dealer called him and told him, but that was all part of Ethan's plan, and he kind of realized, like, oh, uh, we're, so we're on the same side. And then he's like, uh, hospital? And he's like, yeah.
1: Because yeah. <laughs> at that point, he wasn't sure if he was going to have IMF be able to clear things up for him. So right. he had to clear things up with the Russians on his own.
2: And I do like the fact that, like, uh, Tom Cruise, especially in this last scene, like, he takes a beating and it shows. Like, it's not oh, like, yeah. like all this stuff, like, he's, he's in rough shape at the end of it. Oh, yeah. So it's not like he's, like, a Terminator, like, unstoppable, like, like he's a good spy, but also he gets his butt woked in the scene. Yeah,
1: he takes a beating. And you're right. He, he, there is definitely some wear and tear on him.
2: Um, so then kind of the coda, the end scene is that they're all in Seattle. This is where Ving Rhames has his cameo. I like how Ving Rhames gives him shit about the whole mission accomplished. Uh-huh. Life. Yeah. He um, said that
1: Cordy shit.
2: <laughs> and then like the, the other guys show up and they talk about how it worked and how he, he gives them all phones. Cause he's like, Hey, listen basically like, Hey, we're going to be a team from now on. Um, but like, yeah. Brandt, this movie. <laughs> yeah well, and Brant, Brant's not sure. And that's kind of where he tells them about what, you know, like why he can't do it. But then this is where we found out Tom Cruise is like, yeah, like, I knew you were there. And, like, that's not what really happened. It was all like uh, I wanted my wife to be safe, so I wanted people to think she was dead. And they agreed to do it so I could go into – like, going into prison was on purpose because we knew that there was, like, a cobalt contact there uh, and that his wife is still, like, alive. Like, did did I cover that right? Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, Like I said, the whole thing was a big plan just to – Protect his wife. So, and that's kind of the movie ends. it's like she's she's well, it there wasn't just to
1: protect his wife. It was to protect his wife, and they needed an excuse to get him in prison that was plausible. Right in okay. that particular prison.
2: Right, right, right. Okay, and, and like kind of like she she looks over and sees him, and they kind of share like a glance, and then like the end is like him getting another mission, and he puts the hood up, and he like walks down the uh, the alleyway, and then yeah. and you credits. Know, and I have a
1: question. So, is he allowed to see her? don't know i don't i
2: think he i think he probably tries to keep his distance because she shows back up in fallout yeah um but i i think i think he just i think
1: but she Because in fallout they're not married
2: right and i don't think they are in this one either i think like i think like to protect her he was like all right well we're not going to be married anymore i'm going to fake your death so you, you know people aren't trying to people think you're dead and I think he just ended up – made made the decision somewhere between 3 and 4 to, like, let her go just because he knew – I mean, because that's one of the things that happened in 3. Like, she gets kidnapped and, like, right. almost killed and stuff like that. So I think, like, somewhere between 3 and 4, he made the decision to be like, all right, we, we – you know, like, to protect you, I have to let you go.
1: Yeah. Which they don't, they don't ever really come out and say that. I guess in Fallout they kind of say it.
2: I think maybe they covered a little bit more in Fallout.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched that one in a while. I have to watch uh, it. I was just
2: thinking about how I want to watch that one again. No, uh,
1: now I want to watch. The only reason why I didn't watch the next two is because get confused? I'd get confused. Yeah, uh, Henry Cavill,
2: he's awesome in the, he in, is the that. in Fallout. Um. So did you? Because uh, I'm assuming maybe you have somebody, uh, some, some uh, role
1: reversals. I do. Yeah, I have a few. Okay. Um. All right. So. Brandt. So Jeremy Renner's character. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh Anthony Mackie. Yeah. I think it would have been really good in it, actually.
2: Yeah, I do actually.
1: Uh I don't know who Christopher Egger Christopher Egan is. I don't know who that is either. I don't know who Kevin Zeggers is. Uh Chris Pine. Yeah, I, I can
2: see him for sure.
1: Yeah, I think he'd be good. But you know what? Honestly, I think he might be I don't want to say too big, but I think his personality is not subdued enough. Like, you know what I mean? I, like I see him as Kirk, you know, I see yeah, him as a, as a, as a more of a, an alpha. That's
2: that's, 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 you know what? I, I think you, that line of thought is right because R- Renner is really good in this, but also he's like, you know, he's Hawkeye. Who's like not the superstar Avenger and, and stuff like that. So it's like, he kind of has like the right, temperament i guess yeah
1: he's a good 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 second in command yes Whereas chris pine is definitely a, a lead uh mm-hmm. same thing with this one tom hardy
2: yeah i i yeah i kind of agree with you too but i i don't know i i think tom hardy tom hardy does i mean plays small roles too i mean he's not always like you're right he does so i i don't know i think i think tom hardy could have done it. i think jeremy runner is Probably the best choice, but I I could see Tom Hardy more than uh, Chris Pine, I
1: guess. Yeah, I, I would say between 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 uh, Renner and Anthony Mackey. I think Yeah, Anthony Mackey
2: would. Have, I, I would have. I think he would have been great in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he would be good. Uh, and then for uh, Jane Carter, so um, uh, what's her name? Paula Patton's character, uh, mm-hmm. Kristen Crook. I know. I saw that. That was weird. That is weird. Um, that seems like that seems very out of left field, and I don't think it'd yeah. be, I don't think she'd be very good in it. No. I think Paula Patton did just fine. I
2: think Paula Patton's good in this. That's why I'm surprised that she's not in four or five. I mean, five yeah, or six. You know, though. and
1: I looked that up. Like, I couldn't figure out why she wasn't. Like, I don't know if she had other things going on or, or what the situation was, but there was definitely a place for her in the next movie.
2: Yeah. It is weird that you, you would. Did you see. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you have more? No, that's, uh, it, that's all. Did you, what about, uh, as far as, like, people, did you see some of the people that they talked about, like, getting to direct this before it was, I mean, we talked about Abrams, but some of the other people they were kind of considering before. Oh, I
1: did. Uh, Ruben Fleischer, who directed mm-hmm. Zombieland. Uh, yep. Edgar Wright, who Edgar Wright. Had, who actually ended up backing out. Uh, yeah, because he was doing, a, he was in post-production for Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, he in post-production for Scott Pilgrim. And, uh, and then, obviously, you know, J.J. Abrams, who couldn't do it.
2: But I, I, I kind of, I mean, I, I think they ended up making the right choice. I, I mean, as much as I love Edgar Wright, like I think he's too, he has too much of a specific like.
1: He's very stylistic. He has a very Edgar Wright style.
2: Yeah, he is, a, and he's very. He's you know, like that's like the whole thing about him, like not being able to make Ant Man because he did. He want. He you know like yeah. He just wants to have his vision. You know where I think like I don't know if his vision works in a Mission Impossible movie. You know.
1: No, I agree. I agree with that. I, yeah, it doesn't, um, because you know as much as I hate to say, not, I hate to say it, but yes, this is a direct, This is a movie reflective of the director, but more so, it's a movie reflective of Tom Cruise. Like that's true. He's a producer. He has a lot to do with this movie. It's kind of this is his franchise. Like I would say, of all the things Tom Cruise has done, this is like this is his franchise.
2: Yeah. No, I I agree with that. I mean, I mean, I mean. Shoot, he's been in six of them and they're making two more. Yeah,
1: and, and that's a th- lot of movies, and they may not stop there. That's true.
2: Um, did you? Oh, so the random fact I don't know if you saw this, <laughs> I love these random things sometimes you see. Is that they said that, like, on the soundtrack, did you see that
1: actor Dermot Maloney? Yeah
2: plays cello, and apparently he plays cello in the orchestra uh, on the soundtrack for this movie.
1: Yeah, he's a classically trained cellist, and uh, apparently plays in <laughs> orchestras, and sometimes they do film scores.
2: <laughs> oh, I also saw it said, and I guess I didn't even realize this, and it said that this is the first installment of the franchise where the villains were not uh, uh, or or where the villains are people that aren't used. None of the villains used to be like IMF agents.
1: Yeah, or current. Like IMF I guess.
2: Agents, yeah, yeah. I guess that was like a trope that they went with a lot. So.
1: Well, yeah, the first one. I mean, the first one was big because it was Jim Phelps who was the head, who was basically the Ethan Hunt of that. Because that's a crazy thing. Did you know this all stemmed from the nineteen um, the uh, the late eighties. So no, the late eighties reboot. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where all this came from. Like, there's, huh. a, there's a reboot in the 80s of the 1960s show, and this all stemmed from there, and Jim Phelps is the character from the 1990s one.
2: Oh, I guess I did not know that. Yep. Um, here's, here's kind of, like, one more question I have for you. Why why do you think Ving Rames just isn't in this movie? Like, why isn't he, like, part of the team at the beginning, like working with Benji? Is it because him and Benji are both kind of, like, Tech guys,
1: isn't that their thing? Yeah, Th- yeah. That that's the that's kind of.
2: So they do need like double
1: tech guys. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's like well, cause cause it's you, like he... oh, go ahead. You get the impression that he, that that um, Ving Rames is running his own team. That could be it. Because like, at the end they have the conversation where he's got a mission he's got to go do. Yeah. So it's yeah. like so it, it's it seems like maybe they were split off because they were kind of the two senior. You know, Tom Cruise and Rames are kind of the two senior IMF agents. And so they split them off to have their own teams.
2: Well, yeah, because I guess um, not to get too far into Rogue Nation, but I guess even at the beginning of Rogue Nation, like, they're not like,
1: are they on a team together? No, as far as I remember, they're not. He just kind of helps them out. And then eventually they kind of.
2: Well, I think what what, this is, this is the last thing I'll say about Rogue Nation, because this isn't the Rogue Nation episode. But I think what it is, is when they're trying to find Ethan Hunt in that movie, they're like, they get Bing Rains to yes. help them because like, he's basically like, well, if I go help you find him, then you won't like kill him on site or whatever.
1: Right, right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think he's running his own team and that's. He's just a, he's basically the other, you know, other senior IMF agent. Uh, Anything else that you want to mention before we rate this or. No, I got nothing else. All right. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Well, uh, as the guest, you get to either go first or, uh, Um, that joke never gets old for me. I'll go first. Um,
2: I, I really, really like this movie. Um, I just think it's a great movie. Like I, 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 it, the the action sequences are great. They're well set up. There, there's legitimately a lot of funny parts in this movie. Like the humor is good. Uh, Tom Cruise is great in it. Everyone's great in it. Um, and, and it's like it, it doesn't have a lot of like lulls in it. It really keeps moving. You know, like even the stuff in between the big action set set even set pieces work really well. Uh, and I can watch it endlessly. And it's one I feel like now I can just pick up and watch part of it. Like you know wherever it is. Um, I don't know if it's a perfect movie. I'm sure I mean we've found a few things that don't quite make sense,
1: but I I'm gonna go maybe a little high, but I'm gonna go four and a half machine guns on this. Well, that's pretty fair. Um, yeah, I'm right with you. it's one of those things that you know, now that I've seen it a couple times, because I had only seen it maybe once or twice outside of the last, you know, year. I watched it a couple times this year. Just because mm-hmm. I ended up getting, I bought all six of the movies for cheap <laughs> on a sale and ended up watching them. And I'm like, man, these are really good. Like I had yeah. forgotten how good they were, especially the third one's very underrated. Um, but you're right. Yeah, there's really no lulls in it. The action's great. The acting is great. Um, there are some holes, like I don't quite understand the motivation of some events and how they happen. And honestly, the ending is a little anticlimactic. To, for me. It's like it, it ends it just sort of ends like oh they stopped the bomb and it yeah it it's the water. Really, there's like and then there's no I don't know. I feel like and great I don't think they necessarily they necessarily could have been more to it. But no, I understand so, what you're saying. Yeah, it it's just you feel the empty ending feels slightly empty. Um but other than that, you're right. It's a great film. Like it's so watchable. And uh it's like um I don't know. It's it's just, you can just put it on and watch it. I, I, like, I don't know how to describe it other than to say it's a great watch. Um, I'm not going to necessarily go as high as you, four and a half, <laughs> but I will say it's definitely a four. Uh, it's a very, very strong four. Like, right. it's not far off from four and a half. It is a strong four.
2: Can I make a bold claim right here on the podcast? And, and maybe you'll disagree with me. I'm going to say that the, the, the current run a mission impossible movie starting with this one on, you know, four five, six is better. And, and more of like a spy action franchise than the, uh, Daniel Craig bond movies are as a whole.
1: I agree. I 100% agree with you. It's not even uh it's not even close. And you know what the front, the you know what my issue is with the James Bond films is every other movie that comes out now does James Bond better than James Bond. <laughs> and it's been like that for a very long time. Like well, it has been like that since. <sighs> I don't even know when, like it's been so long since a since a James Bond movie has been able to outdo the other spy movies that are James Bond movies.
2: Well, you know, it's wild. And I just saw this too. Cause it's like one of the things that, you know, like maybe you haven't talked as much on the show. Cause we've only covered really, well, we probably talked about it. But one of the things that like, I don't think either of us really necessarily like that much about the, the Daniel Craig Bond movies is that they try and, like, tie them all together and they're all, like, looped together and, like, they're all connected, you know, or Bond movies. But, like, they, that's what happens in these <laughs> Mission Impossible movies now. But I feel like they do it so much better. Like, it doesn't feel forced. Like, it feels very organic going from this to Rogue Nation to yeah. Fallout. Where, like... It, In the the Daniel Craig ones, it's like, well, why why do these all have to tie together so, so, like, that's not how Bond movies should be, you know?
1: I agree. I think you're right. Um, And like I said, I I don't know, I don't know why it is. I don't know if it's, I I just, the Bond movies are so baffling to me. They could be so much better. Like, that property itself lends (laughs) itself to doing stuff like this in Mission Impossible, but just doesn't.
2: Here's a hot take, and I feel like we're we're setting up a post credit scene where we're going to really dissect the James Bond franchise. But here's a hot take because we haven't song.
1: done that before.
2: Well, no, actually we haven't because those were actual episodes <laughs> where we did the round table. That's fair. Those are not post credit scenes. Um, here's a hot take, and then we'll move on. We'll stop talking about the, the James Bond franchise at this point. It takes itself too seriously. Yes, it has too high of opinion of itself. It thinks it's sees... Oh, we're James Bond, you know, like, like the fact that they thought they were too good to be released on a streaming platform This, this, those movies been sitting in limbo, like they wanted like an insane amount of money for people to release them on their street. Like, Oh, well, we're James Bond. We have to be in theaters, you know, like, I think they take themselves too seriously and have too high opinion of themselves. I
1: think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. And, And it comes from, you know, the producers, like it's been the same producers doing the same thing for how many years? I mean, for forever. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think the James Bond f- franchise, after this film is released, eventually, whenever it is, needs <laughs> this year. It needs. I, I think it needs to go to different hands. Like I think it needs to be run by someone other than the Broccolis.
2: Right. Well, I wonder if the whole thing with uh, Amazon now buying MGM, if that will like factor into it. If they'll be able to maybe. But anyways, we've gotten a little off course We have, But um, yeah So solid movie, definitely one I would say I would say two things If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it It's yeah. on Hulu, that's how I watch it If you have Hulu um, But also, I wouldn't be like worried Where you're like Oh, I have to see the first three in order to watch this one again. I don't think that, I think you can watch this one You oh, can yeah. watch the third one for context If you wanted to But I don't think it's necessary to see the third one To just pick this up and watch it
1: like no, they fill in anything right. you need. It's weird. It's a, honestly, it's a lot like the fast and furious where you can start it. You can start at the fourth fast and furious movie and not miss anything. Mm-hmm. You know, Agreed. like this one, you can start at the third or the fourth, uh, mission impossible movie. And you're totally fine.
2: Right. Cause I, I think the first two you definitely don't have to watch the third one you can watch and it fits in more, but I think this one explains everything you need to know about the third one.
1: Yeah. And, and honestly, you don't even really need to know anything from the third one, other than to know that, like, I mean, maybe to get the relationship between Ethan and Simon Pegg's character, just because he's introduced yeah. in the third one. But but even even, even that, that, even that,
2: really, you, even, the, even they kind of cover that in like one line when he's like, oh, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I passed my field exam. I'm, I'm an agent now. Yeah,
1: that's that's there really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Um so speaking of post credit scene, uh, you can check out our post credit scene if you are a patron. Uh, if you go to GameZillaMedia.com slash Patreon, something like that. Uh, I, don't know, I can't remember the link off the top of my head now. Go to GameZillaMedia.com, look for our Patreon link, click on the button, and uh, you can be a patron. For a buck, you get um, access to uh, all kinds of different things, um, extra votes, we have an extra show. Uh, But at the $5 tier, you get an extra show from all of the podcasts on Games of the Media, including the post credit scene, which is our extra show where we talk about all kinds of random things. This month, we actually did a list of the 100 greatest action films. uh, And it was, it was a, it was, I can't even, oh God, those episodes. That list made me so mad. Me, you, and the Tush. Oh, yeah, the Tush. Oh, poor the Tush. Um, yeah, so Patreon, Patreon.com, check us out. Uh, get our extra show, the post credit scene, and all the other shows. And current patrons, we appreciate you immensely. Uh, yep. We love that you listen, and we really appreciate you contributing. Um, and you know, check out everything else on GameZillaMedia.com. There's lots of stuff for you. We got the Legend Retro. We got Noobs and Dragons. We got the, the actual GameZilla show. All kinds of stuff for you. Check us out there.
2: And, and check us out on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Or uh, the Discord, if yep. you really want to, that's where we interact with a lot of people. We have our own uh, dedicated channel on the on the Discord, and we talk with people all the time about stuff. We were just having a debate about whether or not uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two is considered uh, a movie. You could say that Stallone and Kurt Russell both started.
1: They're not. You cannot. You cannot. <laughs> and chops is Chops is an idiot. Enough chops. Enough chops. Enough chops. <laughs> um, yeah, so check us out. Go to gamesillimity.com. At the bottom of the page is our Discord link, and uh, yeah, or you can just search for Last Action Podcast and you can link it there. We're all over the place. We're everywhere. You can find us anywhere you want. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're all eyes and ears. Um, but anyway, yeah. You got anything else you want to add? No, I'm good.
2: I think I'm think i I'm glad that we uh, finally covered this. I've been wanting to talk about it for a while.
1: And now I'm excited because now we can do Rogue Nation. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited about that. All right. Well, this episode of the last action podcast has been terminated, but we'll
2: be back.